Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to prepare you for Sunday worship and beyond. Join Pastor Wright and myself as we look at the issues surrounding our church, Christian life, and the world at large through the lens of Scripture. Each week, we will be guided by the upcoming passages that will be read and preached on this week, seeking to invite you into a conversation about the Word of God for you. Welcome to a new year and a new season of Get Right for Sunday. And today we get to look at the epiphany of our Lord and the baptism of our Lord. The epiphany of our Lord will take place this Wednesday, January 6th. And of course, it will be the baptism of our Lord for this coming Sunday. At Holy Cross, we will, we will observe the epiphany of our Lord. But where do I talk about both texts in this episode? The Epiphany of Our Lord comes to us from St. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And the Baptism of Our Lord comes to us from St. Mark, the first chapter, verses 4 to 11. Now, these texts can be put together because it really shows who Jesus is. Now, epiphany means that it is something being revealed. It is being shown. We get to have a idea of the concept of something being presented. The idea that in cartoons or TV shows or whatever, you see that the main character gets an idea and the light bulb goes off above his head. Well, that would be epiphany. Something is revealed. In the gospel according to St. Matthew, we have the Magi who show up. And the Magi have been traveling from the east, and they go and worship Jesus. This is really a big event. And it's a big event because you have unbelievers, you have pagans, you have those who have a pantheon of gods, and they see the star, and they're able to understand what this star is all about. It is the star that points to Jesus. It is the star that promises there is the Messiah of the world. And again, unbelievers pack up, travel for who knows how long, and they go and find the baby Jesus. And of course, they go and they bring the gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And these gifts actually point to his death. And so it's kind of interesting that they are already foretelling to the world that this is the Messiah who has come to die for the sins of the world. And when we look at this, we got to remember that the idea of Jesus being born, God coming into human flesh, is just this huge mystery. And it is truly the work of God being given and delivered to us. And for these pagans to come and reveal this, we should take heed and we should be all the more excited to not only celebrate Epiphany, but celebrate that God himself has come to dwell with us. Now, one of the interesting things is, how would these pagans know what this star means? Now, there are astrologers, which means that they would look at the stars often, and they would look to the stars to divine the future or divine 
what's happening, trying to figure out why famines are happening or why war is happening or why X, Y, and Z is happening. Now, we got to remember that you have the prophet Daniel, and he was taken in captivity with the Babylonians. And Daniel rose to a high position, and he actually worked with many of the priests, the Babylonian priests. And he, being a good and faithful believer of the one true God, taught these magi, these priests, all about the Hebrew God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the one who has promised the Messiah, the one who would do these mighty works, which he himself saw. He saw that God caused the lions to keep their mouths shut when he was thrown into the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego also experienced God's work when they were thrown into the burning furnace, and they were not consumed. So God is known by these Babylonians, and the scriptures have been given and taught to them by the prophet Daniel. So for years and years and years and years, they had these scriptures, and lo and behold, the star shows up, and they would be looking at the sky, and they would notice, this is something different. This must mean something. And what do they do? They look at the Hebrew scriptures, and they are able to see, this is what Daniel taught. This is what Daniel showed us. This is something big. In fact, we should go and check it out. And they go. And this epiphany, this revelation, is the revealing of God's Christ, our Messiah, our Savior. And so, like the Magi, we should continue to be on constant lookout for the Messiah. Now, this doesn't mean that we need to be physically looking for Jesus behind the curtains or under the desk or something like that. But we need to be looking for Jesus in our life. How is it that Jesus is working through you or in your life? How can we look at the people placed in our life? Do they know about Jesus? Can you show them? Can you teach them? Can you learn with them? This is also why we have the gift of the Bible, so that we can not only learn about God and his promise of the Messiah, Jesus, but we can actually participate in the life that he gives us. This is a life of forever. This is a life of mercy. It's a life of sacrifice and service. And we get to hear God continually talk to us through his word. This also happens on Sunday. When the pastor preaches, he is to preach God's word. He's not to give you a good pep talk. He's not to give you a good moral story. He's not even to tell you how to live a good life. He's to teach you how to live a life in and with Christ. And again, this revelation, this continued revelation, the continued showing of who Jesus is as he comes for you. And this is where the Holy Gospel of St. Mark and the baptism of Jesus really kind of ties into that. So for 30 years, Jesus has been living his life. We hear last Sunday that he went to the temple with his parents, and his parents forgot him when he's about 12. And he says, I'm supposed to be about my father's business. 
or my father's work. And right there we see that he's connected to God. He is supposed to do what God sent him to do, save the world, save the sinner. And so we have this perfect being who's done no wrong. And he goes to a baptism where sinners are going and having their sins washed off of them. St. John the Baptist preaches, believe, be baptized, repent. And so you got to ask, what is Jesus doing going to a sinner's baptism? Well, here's what's really neat about Jesus' baptism. So think of like a, a dirty pond. You know, you have all the pond scum and the algae and all, you know, the, the gross stuff that is just floating in the water. Well, think of that being like the baptismal font. And all that pond scum, all that algae, all that gunk is the sin that has been washed off of you. Jesus enters into that water. And all that scum, all that filth washes on Jesus. And then the pond is clean. The water is clean. In fact, it is sanctified, made holy. That is the water that you get to have. That is the water that covers you and makes you clean. That is what Jesus' baptism does. It's the great reversal. Again, it's the whole idea that Jesus dies so that you will live. Jesus enters into holy baptism so that you will have the promise of having your sins washed off of you, that you will be adopted as sons and daughters, and that he will be revealed. You will have a epiphany, a revelation that Jesus is with you. Jesus is in you and his life is placed upon you you have his righteousness you have his gift of forever you have his gift of salvation mercy grace you have the gift of him being the way the truth and the life that is what his baptism reveals to us in fact god the father in fact speaks he says you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Luther makes this huge statement about this being the Father's sermon to the world, showing and revealing that Jesus is his son, the one who has come to rescue, save, and deliver mankind from sin, death, and hell. After all, God the Father says to Jesus, you are my beloved son. This is a statement claiming him to be different. This isn't an adoption. This isn't, hey, Jesus, you've lived such a good life. I'm going to pick you. No, this is saying that the Father and the Son are together. They are one. And this one is going to act. This one is going to do God's will perfectly for the salvation of everyone. And on top of that, with you, Jesus, I am well pleased. Once again, we see that the love of the Father is poured out upon Jesus so that you will have that same love as you are connected to Jesus in baptism, in faith. And if you're connected with Jesus, 
and Jesus is connected to the Father, that means you too have a connection to the Father in heaven. It's after all why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, not Jesus' Father, not the Father who lives in heaven that I don't know, but our Father. The epiphany and the baptism of our Lord is this deep and profound mystery and gift that we get to have. The Holy Ghost works within us that we get to have this special revelation that Jesus is our Lord, that Jesus is our brother, Jesus is our friend, Jesus is our God. He is the one who sacrificed his perfect life to make us holy, to make us participants, partakers of his life. And I would like to echo what Peter says. We are partakers of the divine nature, the divine God. That means we are connected to him to be made like him, eternal, forever. And in the bodily resurrection that we wait for, we too will arise perfect to live in his glory. Both these texts are very exciting, and they really do motivate us to live a holy life because we see that we've been made to be something different. We're not just living here and waiting for our deaths. We are living here to serve, to worship, to pray, to be the ones who receive God's grace so that others will see that others will know, and we get to do this with true joy. For we have been baptized, we have been made alive, and we too look and seek for Jesus in this life, knowing that he has shown himself through the Holy Spirit. We get to know that when we look for him, he is as close to us as our own flesh which means that that's pretty close. He is as close to us as prayer. He is as close to us as God's word. He is as close to us as God's love, which has redeemed us, forgiven us, and made us to be his people. These texts are, again, profound and deep, and we could talk a lot about this. But as we prepare for Sunday, let us continue to work to find ways to have this revelation guide our life, guide our faith, so that we do not just simply take it for granted, or worse, forget about it, and go about the mundane things of our life thinking that's all we have. For we have been made holy in the baptism of our Lord, in his love, to live in the revelation of Christ crucified, Christ risen for you. If you would like to hear about Christ being revealed to you, we meet at Holy Cross on Saturday at 6 p.m. and twice on Sunday, once at 8 o'clock, which is also live-streamed, and at 9.45. I hope that this podcast has been a blessing to you as you continue to live out your faith in Christ. God's peace.